Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. And boom, we're live. Welcome back, everybody. We're with Mr. Master Curtis Howden, actually. Isn't that what they call children? Senator Curtis Howden. Okay, that one's better. (laughs) Uh, Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. Today we're going to be having quite the little yarn about a topic of the brainchild of the Bergmeister. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about something, honestly, that uh, was affecting me probably during the COVID lockdowns. I think I speak for many people when I think mental health was a large struggle during those lockdowns. Um, still. Still is. Still going I, I on, yeah. like We're just coming out of this thing, and there's a there lot of people feeling a lot of things. Job security, loneliness, like, scared to hug my mom. Isolation. Isolation, all that crap. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's not even gone yet because, you know, the Omicron Delta super hybrid <laughs> is coming from China now. So, like, here comes the next great summer the best summer of all time it better stay open for summer i'm going to nova scotia if they close down the airports i'm driving my ass you're gonna drive to nova scotia i will i will i'll take an extra two weeks off so i can drive there and back well we're seeing our aunt either way you you, you do that mm-hmm. i'm driving six hours to salmon arm next weekend oh that's such a pleasure though that's one of my favorite drives salmon arm oh, bc drives I through the mountains love salmon arm so this mental health topic, I was uh, actually in the garage with one of my best friends, Kyle, and I was talking to him. I think Kyle, I can't speak for him directly, but I think Kyle always, like, he said he respects me and he looks up to me, at least in regards to my discipline for, like, my health and fitness. He's, like, um, just saying that, man, like, you're you're really good at that. You have, like, discipline, willpower, all that jazz. And I told him that I was feeling really beat up and I was feeling beat down. And I... It, the conversation went somewhere along the lines of like, I was like, Kyle, I'm, I used to feel like a superhero and now I just feel beat down and beat up and like, I can't uh, get my head above water. And uh, I used to feel like I was unbreakable, unstoppable, like a superhero. And he kind of just looked at me and he kind of grabbed me by the shoulder and he's like, Eric, you know, like superheroes die, right? And like superheroes have weaknesses. And I think that I had this like misjudgment of my own character being that like I wasn't allowed to show weakness or I wasn't allowed to break down or fall apart. Like, uh, oh, I'm so strong. And I think a lot of people can really relate to being like the rock in their family. Like, oh, I'm the rock. I'm the one that helps everybody else out. So I don't like to ask for help. And it just seems so back, back ass words to me. What do you thought? What are you thinking? Well, it's a kind of backwoods sort of thought for sure. It, it It's a vulnerability issue, I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember a time where I was young and the Superman stories actually started getting old. And when I was in grade six is when they came out with the doomsday saga mm-hmm. when Superman died. That actually made Superman interesting again. Mm. Like it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because like you, especially in my 20s, I've, I felt untouchable. Everything kept moving up and getting better and... There was a limit to that for me, and there was like a hard stop, which was a really hard thing to handle, especially because I didn't have good data on what was happening. Mm-hmm. So that was a really hard thing to work through, and it was 
trying to talk to people about it, like there's nothing really positive to say. And that's all I had to say previous. Like I'm a happy dude and you know, life was going pretty good. But like in my competitive career, things were moving up. In my in my career, things were moving up. You know, got married and building friendships and everything was moving forward. And then like there's this screeching halt. And there's this, this area of research. Like you can look into happiness research. I actually started in like the 90s. Before that, they only studied depression. Why are you depressed? <laughs> but not what will make you happy. Yeah. But it's really cool stuff. They'll say like a family income above X, I think it's like 76,000, doesn't buy you more happiness. And in some case, we'll have it go backwards. Mm -hmm. Really interesting stuff like that. But I was talking to a psychologist that I used to train. His, his name is uh, Charles Els. First name Charles, last name Els. Legend of a man. Still talk to him. I trained him in 2008. And um, his current area of studies, he used to be a smoking cessation expert. And he, he actually went on with that for a long time. He's been on the news all the time and stuff but now what he's doing is talking about post-traumatic thriving mm. and he was an interesting dude to talk to because he said that there's like a, a very pronounced separation once somebody experiences trauma and it doesn't necessarily have to be something like a, a diagnosis or the loss of a family member or, or anything like that it can be a variety of different traumas but he's like there's a really pronounced difference in the way that they move forward and you know some people they'll have um post-traumatic um, dysfunction. I forget what the right word is, but post-traumatic dysfunction, meaning it, that traumatic event made things worse and it continued to trail off that way or stay that way. And he talks about tr post-traumatic thriving, which is what we were talking about. And he's like, well, he, he's, I think he's actually a psychiatrist because he's a medical doctor, so he can prescribe. So, But anyways, he, he's like, yeah. So tell me about how things feel now. You took some big steps to leave your workplace, didn't you? Yeah. He's like, so tell me about life. I'm like, man, listen, I get to spend way more time with my kids. I changed that at my job. It was stressful, but I did that for my own health and so I could see my kids more. And it's beautiful. Like, it's really beautiful in a lot of ways. I get to drop them off every morning. I get to play with my three-year-old after we drop my six-year-old off. We stop by the park sometimes. We play the little games on the sidewalk and... Uh, you know, we do all this stuff and it's just such a pleasure to do because I can actually do it now. He's like, oh, so would you say that like things are a little sweeter now? I'm like, yeah. He's like, this is post-traumatic thriving. You've seen the beauty of life is not by getting, buying more things, doing more things to make you happy. The beauty of life is realizing that it involves suffering and stepping forward and embracing that and realizing that you can transcend it by thriving anyways and i was like i don't i don't think i'm doing anything that noble charles and he's like no I, i'm i'm not talking about your sense of self i'm talking about the outlook that's it yeah the sense of self separated from the outlook is different uh, yeah for me it's even thinking about this topic and this is definitely like a random tangenty topic but mm -hmm. You know how people aren't really aware of their own mortality? You know, you wake up and you just treat it like it's Monday and then you just do your Monday activities and yeah. you like wake up, go to work, get your coffee, eat dinner, watch some TV, go to bed and you just get in the, like caught up in this monotony, like this monotonous schedule. I feel like that with um, this superhero mentality of the things that I've seen knock people down, including myself and not to throw you under the bus, but like I... Like, obviously, I've said this before, and I've said it to your face on podcasts and whatnot. Like, I've I've looked up to you for a long time, and um, we used to work out together, and 
it was like a a really good target to shoot for being like to your level of strength or athleticism i'm like man like if i can keep shooting for that and keep chasing him when we work out together and you push me harder and i'm like man i'm definitely getting stronger as we go and as we play and even when i was at the height of like like looking up to you and like at the height of our working out together and like stuff like that you were still dealing with your injured hip but we didn't really know the uh the whole behind the scenes story of it and then after your diagnosis that's like um obviously it affected you way more than it affected me but it affected me mentally in a sense of like watching you know a superhero in my life get his kryptonite shot like a bullet to him and i'm like whoa and there's things in life like that my stomach going AWOL for the last two years and kind of knocked me down. Even crazier things like, you know, like the whole, like the world aspect of like the world, like Ukraine and the Russian war. It's all stuff that I kind of just turn a blind eye to and just kind of close out. Even if me and you went to your house right now and we did a workout together, you would perform and you would be strong and like it would be, it would, it would essentially be like old times. You have like subtle, subtle limitations in some things, but not most. It would be like old times, but you know, if I saw like after we trained legs and I saw you stagger for a second because your hip was smoked, it's like a like a flashback. Like, oh shit, like <laughs> that's actually still there. It's still a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Messes me up like thinking about that stuff and kind of just sweeping under the rug and pretending like it doesn't exist. I don't know if that's the right the right mindset, but forgetting about it would be more accurate. It's interesting though like it sounds like two really different topics like it sounds almost like a divergence but it, it's actually along the same line. They like, connect somewhere along the line. Yeah, like one of the for me I had a couple people that I really looked up to when I was in my 20s, my early 20s. And um one of them was the guy that helped me get my back straight and really changed my life after that car accident to the extent that I left teaching to become a trainer. Mm-hmm. So that was a big divergence and he was kind of somebody I looked up to and another guy was a Cairo that, um, he put in a lot of time with me and, you know, I had a, an ankle thing that I was going through and he's like, Oh, I can give you that back and did it. And then we were wakeboarding and I was pain free and we got to be friends and everything. And both of those guys were, were good guys. I, I really looked up to them and stuff, but I kind of went through the same thing where I was hoping for like, more of a mentorship relationship and that sort of thing. And each one of them had to deal with their own stuff. They had significant impacts happen in their life and they just kind of fell off the rails and, and had to go deal with their challenges. Mm-hmm. Neither of those ones were actually health issues. They were, they were driven from decisions they had made and it, significant challenges. Um, but then I never saw them again. And it was this whole concept of superheroes die is like, well, it, it's not, even just what's out in front of you. And sometimes if you're lucky, you you get to be with a person that can drag you into this kind of way of being that's better, that's, that's reaching for something more. And then there's the, the people that you think that you're finding somebody that you can see eye to eye with on that, and then they'll do something to disappoint you. Yeah. So sometimes the way that the superhero goes down is of their own doing, and you realize they're not what you made them up to be. They, yeah, they didn't reach the level you were hoping, and that was that was hurtful for me. Yeah. It, it didn't matter; it wasn't my stuff. It was their stuff, and I understood that and whatever. But for me, I'd put them on this little pedestal that that really wasn't who they were. It's who I wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a superhero in a lot of ways is like, well, what am I perceiving that person as? And then sometimes you get this real perception of somebody that's like, I want to, 
I want to live up to that. And you'll see them get knocked down in a tangible, real way that pulls the veil off so you can actually see the the suffering that is life. Like, yeah. It, it's hard, and we're not all getting out alive. In fact, none of us are. Um, so we, we find our routines and our habits and things that'll bring us up to actually the average person, if you ask them how happy they are, if things are going pretty well, they'll actually default to a seven. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they don't want to be alike. And like they'll come into money, get a better house and whatever else. And then you ask them a few months later, it's like, oh, about a seven. Yeah. It's like they find this homeostatic condition. But it's one of these things where it's it's like you eventually are going to be pulled out of your monotony of your of your routine to realize that life is still real and it's coming at you. And it's also very finite. Yeah. The pedestal thing is a weird one, too, that I've talked a lot about with Diane and I don't know if you've experienced it as well. I'm sure you have to some degree, but I've had people, you know, clients and friends and stuff who have put me on a pedestal and I can feel it, how they talk about me or how they like brag about me to friends or just, you know, and being put on that pedestal, it's it's like nice, it's a nice little tap for the ego sometimes, very lightly. And I had a mentor that would make me question that and be like, well, why does your ego need that tap? And I'm like, hmm, I had to think about that. But to that point... I find that when I'm being put on a pedestal that it affects the relationship and the relationship now it's no longer peers. It's no longer equal. And it feels a little off. And when I've fallen from like whatever my discipline habits or strength or something like if even just my mood, I say, if I'm not as happy, you know, people notice over the last two years, honestly, they're like, yeah, you don't seem like yourself. You don't seem quite as happy. You're not as chipper as you, uh, Used to be, used to be very what energetic. What in the and face that is, though, when too, you hear that and you're already knowing that you feel that way. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Um, it's real. It's okay. It's real. But when they're like, "Oh, Curtis, this isn't you. This isn't you, man. Like you're not a lot, like you're not a sad guy, Curtis. This isn't you, bro." And like I, I think I've even heard you say that before. You know, like this isn't really me. I'm a happy guy, and like saying something like that also kind of puts this expectation on yourself that you're not allowed to feel that way you're not allowed to feel down right now because this isn't you <laughs> yeah yeah you know i actually haven't really struggled with that one myself much because i'm innately very happy i think it's a gifting of mine i just actually naturally feel happy outlook really so, matters on that yeah but you know the times where i don't uh some of the best stuff in that scenario is you know like somebody just telling you they understand like I get it. It it just brings you back to like the human experience that we're sharing is is really the most valuable thing. When somebody can just look at you and be like, "Yeah, listen, that's hard. I get it. Like I'm sorry." Yeah. Like that that sort of thing is I think what gives people the the ability to be vulnerable, which is where you actually find real relationships because the whole topic of superheroes die. I think in Canada we live in a veiled um, culture. And I've talked about this a lot. When I moved to New Zealand and I was there um, for school and everything, I ran into a lot of people of different cultures and especially, obviously, people from New Zealand, lots of Kiwis. And I, I called my buddy Gordy up one day and I was like, hey, I'm going to go see this movie. It's called Kingdom of God. Orlando Bloom's in it. I remember the whole thing. And on the other end, he's like, oh, it looks like crap. Go alone. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it was so refreshing because in Canada, people don't usually just tell you straight up. They'd be like, oh, maybe, and just not call you back. Yeah. But I was like, man, that was refreshing. I went and watched it alone, and it was total crap. And I told them it was crap after, and we had a beer, and it was good. But that was one of the experiences that showed me that our little polite facade is is really a separation that we create. 
Mm-hmm. We're not actually telling the truth. We're trying to do something to spare people. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like, how dare you think that I'm that fragile? Like, just tell me the truth. Yeah. That superhero thing fits into that for me because it's like, well, we come up with these ideas and we don't necessarily dig deep enough in to find out what the actual reality is. And I've had the experience a few times when I get somebody that's willing to share what the actual story is with me. I actually respect them more because they're more of a superhero to me because they're willing to share what their experience in the struggle is like. Not that they haven't struggled. Yeah. And so like the superheroes die thing, it's it's a really, really interesting concept. And there's lots of factors to it. But for me, the death that you'd usually see in a superhero is usually of the dream. Like you're going to see people that, you know, I think they can perform like this and they can do that and whatever. And I felt that way. It was really hard for me to get over when everything started happening because I I had an idea of what I could be for my kids. And that hurt like really bad to confront that, right? Mm -hmm. And then I realized that what I am for my kids is what I'm doing for them today. They They don't care if I can clean and jerk double body weight. And that was a big deal for me. So there's going to be these natural falls, but even when that happens, it's like, oh, the superhero isn't dead. Like, my dad, it doesn't matter what he can lift. It doesn't matter where he's at. He's a superhero for me because of who he is. Yeah. Like, some of the things that make him who he is is that no matter what's going on with him, he's going to do his best to help other people, period. Mm -hmm. Like, in his worst shape when he was dealing with, like, really challenging arthritic-type symptoms and he could barely sleep at night he would still get his ass up and go and do work on people's houses all day just because he knew that it would help them. Yeah. There's no dying there. Like, there's there's no death of that superhero for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... It's quite an emotional topic. I think what I wanted to get out of this topic, and I don't know if we've given it already, but what I was hoping to give people was a semblance of, you know, like you're not alone in a semblance of like some kind of words of wisdom to let people know. Like, I feel like people know that like true strength is like forgiveness and true strength is the ability to express your emotions rather than suppress your emotions. Like that's something I'm very guilty of being suppressing my emotions. Like I just, if I get upset, like if I'm sad, I just push it back down and it it translates to my consumption of entertainment. I won't watch sad TV. I won't watch drama TV or anything like that. Anything I watch, it's either comedy or it's action because it makes me feel good. That's normal for me, man. If I'm going to watch Forrest Gump, I need to prepare for that because I'm going to be on a hangover after that cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I watched um, that movie Joker. Yeah, that was a that was a tough one. Yeah, I was. drove home it was really dark. I drove home from that, and the drive home was different. It was like midnight when I was driving home, and I was like, "Ooh, like I felt depressed after that." Like just the mental health aspect of the movie was there. Were so many real topics there, but I think that you know when when we start talking about that, it's you have to be really careful about what you're going to put on a pedestal and and pull pull out like why like why. Why is that on a pedestal for me? Why is that something? Because there's something noble about that anyways. It's not something you need to avoid. It's just something you need to understand. Why do I, why do I value that? And it's usually something that you see worth reaching towards, which is what life's all about. Like as soon as you stop reaching towards something, I can't imagine a world where you're super happy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be financially, but like if you're not trying to transcend who you currently are and become a better version, regardless of what form that takes then there's no longer progression, which is a really hard thing to deal with. Yeah. So 
I think in a lot of ways that when, when you look at that scenario, it's like, <laughs> I want to see in that person. I'm not looking for envy. I'm not looking for jealousy. I'm looking to see what it is that I want to shoot for next. And there's some really huge stuff that can be taken out of there. And the things that I've found as I get older that I value the most are things like people that are willing to just be real. Mm-hmm. I, I had somebody ask me like, you have a lot of friends that are just all over the place. Like they, they seem a little crazy to me. And I was like, hey, listen, if, if I'm speaking with somebody that you wouldn't consider totally normal, a, it's it's interesting, and B, a lot of those people are totally real, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, and you know that reality aspect is something that I really enjoy and and try to cultivate in myself these days. Mm-hmm. There was uh, one more tangent I'm going to personally go oh, off on let's here. Hear it. Um, when you say like you, we've kind of talked a little bit about um, happiness and you know purchasing things and stuff. Yeah. I watched a stupid TikTok shoot me because i was watching tiktok um i don't consume that much tiktok but i did watch this one and it was this guy that was talking about capitalism is not just an economical system but it is a like a a psychological and lifestyle system as well being that capitalism it isn't just about people making money and things like that it actually has uh turned us into more of a hustle-based culture and I got to get those new shoes. I got to get this new clothes and this brand name, this and this brand name, that. And you, it kind of plays into the role of like never being happy unless you got the new thing, get the new thing, get the next thing, buy the new thing, make more money. It was kind of a weird, uh, a weird viewpoint for me or realization, I think, to think that uh, capitalism is playing a little bit of a role into our psychological state, how we approach our lives. It wouldn't impact the way that you that you look at the world for sure but just because you live in a capitalist society doesn't mean that you can't see through what that is like that every advertisement you see is trying to play on your emotions to feel like you need something to complete the loop right yeah but we're getting bombarded with advertisements like totally everywhere but that doesn't mean you have to buy into it i would actually find that argument a little bit challenging because it would it would pit that well if you're in this environment then you think this Mm -hmm. and that it's just too linear. I don't like it when people are categorized like that. It has a tendency towards fair, but I know a lot of people that don't buy into that. My my wife's aunt and uncle are amazing people. He invented Perfect Pass, which is cruise control for boats. Very cool. And they are some of the most salt of the earth people you'll ever run into. Mm-hmm. And they have a few toys that would be like, oh, they, they must be pretty well off. But like, he still wears this like 1995 neon sun ice jacket. <laughs> like he, he hasn't bought into the capitalist thing at all. So it's not something that innately has to impact your brain. Yeah. However, you are going to see impacts of when somebody doesn't realize that, when it's a blind spot for them. I think it's a, more of a blind spot, I think, yeah. for the younger generation. Yeah. Getting involved in social media at a younger age, and then it's all about, like, who got the most likes, who gets the most clicks, who's got the coolest clothes, who's got the most followers. Yeah. How about what do influence. I truly value? Yeah. How about that? I value likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, for, for me, when I look at, like, well what is the outcome that I'm trying to go for with being involved in fitness still? I don't need to be involved in fitness. I choose to be. I believe it's a calling for me. Yeah. I get true fulfillment out of helping somebody overcome an obstacle they didn't think they could. Yeah. Like I had that experience this past week again and it fires me up. I'm telling my wife, I was like, I don't even feel like I'm having to work. 
Like I literally get to do my favorite thing. It's amazing. But when you when you look at, I've talked to a few trainers. I have a, a group of trainers that I mentor. And a lot of them, getting them to stop and think about what impact they're trying to have for people. How will they know I've had that impact? Like all of these really deep questions that matter the most are things they haven't necessarily thought through. And I could be wrong on this. The average person, like the, the data on this is that I, I read in a neurological study is that the average person wants to burn between two and 600 calories a day in thought. And outside of that, you're going to see like a big fall off. That's when you're kind of feeling like I don't have the headspace for this right now. Mm-hmm. And it's because the brain uses so much energy per um, amount of weight that it represents in your body. So it's your body trying to conserve. And it's like, well, there's some really deep stuff that you have to consider. And if you don't, it's coming at you. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your values? What are you working towards? Um, outside of what you're working towards, realizing the, the finite nature of time. Your kids are going to be between zero and four years old one time, and it goes faster than you think. Mm-hmm. Me and Sarah are so excited about the third opportunity to walk a child from zero to four. Not that we don't love working with our other kids. Lucas is three and Will's six. And every phase has its beauty, but... In, their, in those first four years, giving up time with your kids, I think, is a very big mistake. And people looking back, that's, that's such important formative time that it's like, well, realizing that finite nature will change the way that you act. And if you fall into the, the standard of not realizing that and you look back and realize that, imagine the pain that that would cause. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that just in, they require you to think a little deeper on. So that comes back to the whole capitalist thing being like, well, why do I need that? Like just, if you just ask, it's like, wow, that's crazy. And like, I, I just, I just bought new yoga bricks. Like last week, I've been thinking about it for six months. I use them for joint level strength twice a week. Sarah's like, why are you waiting? I was like, well, I wanted to see if I really needed them. Yeah. Like, well, just teach the boys about capitalists. See these new Nikes daddy got, you guys can't afford them though. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all going to have to do chores for three days. <laughs> Get it. Should we wrap this up? Yeah. Superheroes die. Remember, I only value likes, so remember to like this video. <laughs> <laughs> Superheroes can die in a variety of ways, and it can be somebody not living up to your expectations. It can be somebody not being who you thought they were. It can be situations changing against their will. Um, if you watch the way that you look at people, this can be a lot less upsetting. But at the end of the day, it can be a positive thing because things are finite and who someone is today isn't necessarily who they are tomorrow. Yeah. That's a good wrap up. Thanks for joining me, sir. Likewise. Until Thanks next for time. Thanks coffee. That was unreal. Yeah. Ting. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.